Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. <laughs> little delayed satisfaction there. <laughs> A little wrong camera cut there. Of course, I am Tim Geddes and I am joined by, for the very first time on this show, Lucy James. Very first time with y- with you. With me. I yeah. was gonna say. Yeah. I was like, I was here maybe six days ago. Which I'm very excited about. Yeah. But I am joined for the first time yes. with you, which I'm very excited about because I was robbed last week. Yeah. I specifically asked to do the show with mm-hmm. you, and then Greg was like, No, 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 no. You're going to LA. Lucy will have to wait. Play but some here we are. Game. Exactly. Some would say this is the superior pairing. That's what I'm thinking. I we have to prove it during the show that you think we're gonna go oh, up to the oh, task. Easy. How you Easy. doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How you doing? Really good. You know, you've been out there doing a lot of things, a lot of cool stuff. I know. GameSpot right now, whole new slate mm-hmm. of content. Yes. You wrote a comic book? I did. Want to talk about that for a sec? Yeah, I mean, I feel bad because this, this is exactly what I did last time. I'm sorry. You're here again, man. I'm asking. <laughs> no, thank you. I mean, yeah, it's weird because also I'm very British and I'm really bad at self-promotion and mm-hmm. I'm fed up of my own face right now. But no, I mean... GameSpot stuff, we have a whole slate of new programming. We had the first week go up uh, last week, which went down really well. Thank you to everyone at home. If you watched, tuned in, did anything, like shared it. I watched really the Kurt Locker. It. it was great. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad we've got Kurt. Like, his own regular show because he is such talent. Today's episode is all about the indefense of the 6 out of 10. Ooh. Which is, Ooh. I love a good a good few games that are the classic epitome of the six. We're, we've been here, like the swimming in sevens, Michael Huber's always talking yeah. about. We're fans of that, but damn, y'all are going down to the sixes. I respect yeah. that. Yeah, because sometimes it's not enough to be a seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, no, so we have like this whole, all these You're new programs. You're a six sicko. That's what we're going to call you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really let you know, mm-hmm. and we will we'll give you 10%. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, no, so we have all these, all these shows uh, launched, and, you know, Tam and I have spot on, which people seem to react really well to. Perfect name. Thank you. And yeah, and then I wrote a comic book and it, everything just seemed to coalesce and come out in the same week. <laughs> it's a great week. Fantastic so, week. Where can people get the book? Uh, it's available now on, hello. Even closer, I'm sorry. Let me Gotta love. Big dog. It doesn't help that I have the longest neck. I think it does though. You can get <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then I'd have to like lean down like a giraffe at a warring hole. <laughs> What a great energy already, everybody. It's Tuesday. But yeah, where can people get the comic? It's available on Kindle right now. It's going to be uh, in stores May 10th. Octobriana and the Underground, Full Tilt Boogie Part 1. And then Tam's, Tam's Story is in Part 2, which is coming out in a couple months. Hell yes. Well, everybody, go support that and go check that out. But know that right now you're here, you are here on Games Daily, where we're about to talk about no new Switch hardware this year, Starfield's M rating, and more. Um, of course, this happens every single weekday live at 10 a.m. on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. If you want to get it as a podcast, you can search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games Daily, and we will be right there for you. You can correct us when we get stuff wrong live during the show by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can still be part of the show by going to kind slash kfgd to write in your questions and comments and all of that stuff 
Uh, if you want to support the show, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny where you can get the show ad free and a whole bevy of bonus content, a whole bunch of great shows like kind of feudy. Remember blank. It's a great time for everybody. If you haven't watched those shows, I highly recommend you go over to Patreon and check them out. Uh, but if you don't have any bucks to toss our way over on Patreon, that is okay. When you're buying games on the Epic game store, use our Epic code kind of funny. And at no extra cost to you, we get some money. It's great. Everybody wins, especially us. It's fantastic. Uh, to be part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com slash kfgd to write in all your stuff uh and yeah a little housekeeping for you lucy Ooh. um a new kind of funny podcast is up where we talk about a mistake that changed my life forever in a good way or a bad way they're a horrible way oh. very terrible very terrible uh you're gonna have to go check out youtube.com slash kind of funny for that one uh and then after this we're trying something new where we're doing a little post show a little 30 minute breakdown mm -hmm. where we hang out with andy cortez or, or mike coward i'm not sure exactly who's coming out today but it's going to be a great time we'll answer your super chats you can go over on youtube super chat about questions and news stories from this show or any video game stuff you want to ask or since we got lucy any questions you have for lucy james um over on patreon the newest episode of the shit list is off is up with us breaking down the top 10 best Zelda games. It's a great episode. Uh, and thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Uh, today we're brought to you by Shady Rays, but I will tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever <laughs> will be the Roper Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We have four stories today. A baker's dozen! Kevin Coelho was behind this camera over here adjusting, heard me go into the, the intro and ran his ass back and made it just in time. <laughs> what is it like for you to be around Kevin? I love Kevin. It's special, right? I, you know what? He just has such an energy mm -hmm. that I love and mm -hmm. appreciate. And it's just, you know, also last time I was here, Mike was over there stretching out the leg. It's just, it's such a great vibe in here. Kind you know? of funny, baby. Kind of funny. Let's start with story number one. Um, Nintendo reports Switch sales slow down and suggest no new hardware this year. This comes from Andy Robinson at VGC. Nintendo has reported a slowdown in Switch hardware sales and suggested that no new hardware will release before April 2024. The company's now sold 125.62 million Switch consoles as of March 31st, up from the 122.5 million, but year-end console sales have declined by 22%. In its results for the end of its fiscal year, Nintendo confirmed it had sold a total of 17.97 consoles during the 12-month period, which means it's missed its mark missed its year start sales target of 21 million and later revised target of 18 million, coming in just shy of that one. Mm. Uh, the company forecasts it will sell 15 million consoles during the current fiscal year, ending March 31st, 2024, which represents a further 16.5% decline as Switch enters a significant slowdown during its seventh year on the market. Speaking on a call after the results, Nintendo president reported that, uh, or he reportedly suggested that amid slowing console sales, Nintendo isn't completely confident in hitting its next 15 million target. According to Bloomberg, uh, Furukawa added that no new or upgraded hardware is factored into Nintendo's annual forecast. Sustaining the Switch's sales momentum will be difficult in its seventh year. Our goal of selling 15 million units this fiscal year is a bit of a stretch, but we will do our best to bolster demand going into the holiday season so that we can achieve that goal. It's also been reported that development of new Nintendo hardware is progressing well. Uh, that's according to uh, Nikkei Asia short source, who the publication claims is close to the platform holder. Uh, development seems to be progressing well, they said, but a product launch won't happen before next spring at the earliest. I'm going to stop there before we get into all the software mm. sales stuff. Any of this surprise you? Any takeaways? 
No, but then this is the, the GTA 5 thing where at this point, who doesn't have a copy of GTA 5? And at this point, who doesn't have a Switch who wants a Switch? Especially with, you know, it's seven years and it's a pretty reasonably priced console. A lot of incredible games on there, especially if you're a Nintendo fan. I think, yeah, it's just going to continue to slow down, especially because right now the conversation around Switch as hardware is... It is old. Mm -hmm. It is seven years old. Seven years old. <laughs> At this point, it's a couple generations behind, power-wise, battery-wise. Yeah, it's got the little OLED refresh, which is lovely, and you can get the Zelda OLED and all of the special edition ones, whatever. But it's not, it's not a shiny new piece of kit anymore. Exactly, and I think there uh, we we always talk about how Nintendo has the unique factor to them of the family mm -hmm. side of things, and especially with how Nintendo consoles, especially now with the Switch, is both a handheld and a a house device that multiple members of the house end up wanting one, and I feel like that is the perfect use case yep. for the Switch Lite coming out of the Switch OLED, where some of the more potentially mature players will be like, "Oh, I'll buy the new OLED and I'll give my old one to." Yeah the little brother or whatever it is, yeah. or I'm going to buy this light so the, the kid can play on the couch or whatever it is. So I feel like there's a lot of good reasons, and especially with the amount of multiplayer games that are fun with one Switch, but also the ones that are fun with multiple Switches. So I feel like they're potentially even tapping out of that audience at this point so late in the game. Oh, yeah. And at the same time, I think one thing with multiple Switch in a family, I think Nintendo still has not figured out, you know, sharing yeah <laughs> you know basic all the stuff. stuff with basic family stuff <laughs> yeah um but you know they are kind of doing more to add things to nintendo switch online making sure that more games are available on that service so the thing is as well is that this story yeah if you look at it oh doom and gloom for nintendo because they're not going to hit those sales targets they're going to be fine yeah. they have a little thing called zelda coming out on friday and all of these all of this is going to be bolstered by software sales anyway yeah, you know, listening to the words that the president over there is actually saying, I think it really paints a picture of where we're at in the Switch's mm -hmm. life cycle, and specific, specifically this year, like, we're about to get a Zelda game, like, uh, the follow-up to the highest-selling selling Zelda ever, mm -hmm. right? So uh, I imagine that the attach rate is going to be astronomical uh, for this game for, for Switch players out there. I mean, you see the excitement, you see the amount of views that any piece of Zelda content yep. gets uh, these days across the board. It's like... Yeah, there's a, a fervor for this one. Oh, yeah. um, and everybody that bought Breath of the Wild in, when the, the Switch launched is mm -hmm. probably going to be buying this game or at least excited for it. But then the question becomes, what is next? Like, what is the rest of the year? We're, we're kind of looking at a fairly barren uh, summer and fall for, and winter. Like, for Zelda on, essentially, for, yep. for Nintendo at this point. And the messaging here, they said they have some stuff to, to help bolster, but... I'm really getting the idea here that like we might actually really be gearing up for a new console launch. And they're like, hey, just setting expectations here. We're still going to kick ass, but like we're gearing up for the next big thing. Because I'm trying to think, when does Nintendo do its big directs? Is it February, September? It always changes this a little, but I would say, yeah, there's always one in January, February. Not always, but there's usually yeah. one January, February, and then one around September. Because yeah, if, if that September one is, you know, you've had your Zelda... Leave us alone. We finally released it. And then it's September time. It's talking about stuff for the rest of the year. And then, hey, just one more thing. Bang. Switch 2. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, too, is at any moment, they can just release a new Mario game. And with Mario oh, being, yeah. like, in the the biggest moment of his career at this point <laughs> with the movie and yep. with the, the theme park and all that stuff, it's I'm very shocked that we haven't had a, yeah. a new Mario on the 2D or 3D, any side in a, in a while. We had Bowser's Fury as this, like, 
semi like uh a not even a standalone it was kind of just like an additional piece yeah. to 3d world that was a great but not as sizable as a, a full adventure it was almost more like a dlc pack right yeah, 100 but also i can't even i can't believe thinking back that they released legend of zelda and super Mario and odyssey at the same time yeah same year yeah and i mean that we haven't had a new 2d mario on the switch God, they're right. That's because right. there's Super Mario Maker 2, and then yeah. there was a uh, new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe or whatever. So just yep. the ports. But we haven't had an actual new 2D Mario platformer since 2012 when the Wii U launched. Set him free, Nintendo. Figure Set it out. Him free. That's how you get them console sales, baby. Uh, but it's wild to think here. So now with these the updated numbers, so um, the the Switch hardware sales at one two, 125 million yep. puts it third place. Um, which already had hit recently in terms of the overall console sales because uh, it outpaced the Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Um, there's only two above it now. Do you know what they are? Consoles? Yeah. Uh, I would say PlayStation 4. Nope. Oh, PS5. Nope. Oh, PS no, no. PS5's way lower right now because it's at 38. Oh, right, right. oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm thinking Still trying it's, to make it's its outpacing, way. but it's not. Oh, uh, PS2. PS2, PS2 coming PS2, in at number one. Number one, and at, then the Wii. Uh, no. So PS2 what? is at 155 yeah. million. DS, oh, 154 million. Really? Then Switch at 125. Yeah. And then you go down to so Game Boy, then PS4, uh, then PlayStation, then Wii. Yeah. So Wii, Wii's at 101 million. So revolution. The uh, yeah, the revolution. <laughs> never forget. Uh, but the Switch is currently about 25 million above the Wii. Just for some context there of like like how wild it was when the Wii like was first popping off and how it felt yeah. like it changed games forever which it did in so TVs many ways <laughs> yeah exactly the land um i still think that they're they're gonna i mean even if they're they hit the 15 million that they're talking about here right that's getting it still closer but not quite beating the ds but i think that there could be enough juice in the tank to to get it across the yeah. it, maybe I, I, it could do it it could go all the way it could. It could. i mean it's just it's just wild to see the longevity and the, like you know 15 million is still nothing to be sniffed at oh my <laughs> no that's i mean 15 million is let me see where we go with this i mean 15 million is way more than the vita oh <laughs> the entire life it's more than the wii u um and that you want to hear something that's wild this is just the estimated last numbers 15 million is not far off from the xbox series x and s reportedly here at 18.5 million Where's, where's PS5? But I don't think we've had <laughs> updates on no, that. Oh, PS5? PS5? No, is that... Um, like 40 million? Hold on. Yeah, it's 38. 38. 38.4. So. Oh, maybe I'll pivot and become a numbers guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your <laughs> 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 <Dirk> Kendall era. <laughs> um, but anyways, that, that's the hardware side of stuff. Yeah. But then um, Nintendo, with, during the physical things, always does their software as well. Um, one of the rare times they actually kind of give the updates on their, their games here, which is... Uh, unique to them in the way that NPD doesn't cover the digital side, which is like such a big part of yeah. the Nintendo sales structure. So um, unexpectedly, the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is still still number one. Yeah. An additional 1.79 million units sold, uh, bringing it to almost 54 million copies sold. And then how many on the Wii U? Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it was. Well, let me let me see. The, uh, I should remember this. Mario Kart Wii U Jeff sales. Rub in the chat. Hello, mate. Um, eight point four six million. So yeah, we're talking <laughs> about sixty million plus yeah. sold of uh, Mario Kart Eight in some way, shape, or form. Uh, coming in number two, not that big of a bump, just 
6.62 million is yep. Animal Crossing's New Horizon. Uh, be now the number two. What a time! I know, but the number two best-selling Switch game, outselling Super Smash Brothers at 31 million and Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild at 29.81 million. Yeah. Uh, an additional 81 million added, and that's why for a that's game people that, kidding themselves that they can finish Breath of the Wild before. Like, oh, you know what? I'm late to this, but uh, I love that though because it's like that game is still still kicking like yeah. kicking enough that it can like be rising the ranks up in the the top 10 here um and then we get pokemon sword and shields at 25.8 mario odyssey at 25.7 pokemon scarlet and violet uh getting an additional 1.5 million so up to 22.1 million and then super mario party at almost at 19 new super mario bros u deluxe at 15.4 which is the wild one that's incredible. when you think of that the 2d mario game from 2012 i think being yeah. ported and it's just like oh yeah 15 million sales Top 10, maybe that's the power and people always call me out in the comments they're like ah 2d mario no one cares yes they do they care so freaking much man uh and then ring fit adventure ring fit adventure <laughs> Still is number great. 10. that buff dragon guy mm -hmm. he's my nemesis so this um is the first time that Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee has been bumped yep. from the top 10. Um, so that's a, an interesting thing there. And then they weren't even giving numbers for Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. So um, I didn't like those games, and a lot of people, people as well didn't like those games. So I'm not a Pokemon guy. Um, oh, I am so, so such a Pokemon guy. Um, Lucid Dream writes in and says, One thing I took away from the Nintendo financials, despite an overall decline in hardware, there was a 58.8% increase in Switch OLED sales. This reinforces the idea that consumers are hungry for new hardware, even though Nintendo said we wouldn't see anything this fiscal year. They're also expecting a further decline. What would it take for Nintendo to announce a Switch successor? Their next console's probably been in development for years. What do you think they're waiting for? Zelda to get out the door. Yeah. Please. Yeah, please tell your friends about this console and this game. And that's this one song, and then they will announce. Yeah. It's yeah. that that sounds very likely. And like yeah. we we there is still some gas in the tank potentially like we know we're getting the pokemon scarlet and violet dlc packs but like mm -hmm. that's not going to move the needle like that big in terms of like oh. new people popping in did pikmin come out no pikmin 4 still coming out and okay. i want to say june like you said correct me if i'm wrong um see you in the chat there uh but yeah pikmin 4 is uh june or july and then um after that i mean we just had advanced wars right yep um and zelda obviously is uh later in the week besides that it's like we don't really have any major games Metroid Prime 4 is the the one yeah. unreleased big game that uh, is supposedly coming to Switch. But at this point, it's like maybe that's not the case, you know? Yeah. I still think that no matter what the next Switch hardware is, it's going to be more integrated with the Switch than we've ever previously seen consoles be connected. I mean, even I guess maybe Xbox Series is probably the... Yeah, but, but, but I mean, for, yeah, for Nintendo. Yeah. They... Uh... That love that love cutting stuff off on their old generations. So yeah, yeah. I would love to see that more of uh, an ecosystem rather than okay. Well, I have this game and I can only play it on my Nintendo Switch, or I have this game and I can only play it on my Switch Two. Yeah. Couldn't think of a cool, fun name. But not as inventive <laughs> as Nintendo. Switch U. God. <laughs> well, I wonder what it's going to be, and, and that's the, the thing. I, I feel like Switch will still be in the title. Um, I just don't know. I mean, I hope it's not new Nintendo Switch because they would do that. 
Um, but Oh, that's some Series X, Series X yeah. stuff. No, they can't do that. The thing with Nintendo is you can never predict it. Well, they did with you, didn't they? So. They'll, they'll do, like, like, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64. Fuck oh, it. You know, yeah. like, yeah, they'll, they'll, they go crazy over there. Oh, but, everyone in chat saying Super Switch. Yeah, I, yeah. Super Switch, I feel like, is a little too, like, like, for the for us like yeah. for old people you know what i mean the super switch also an unfortunate acronym can't call it the ss yeah yeah we yeah, can't yeah. Do that. we can't do that we can't have to figure that. it out um but yeah i i feel like with the nintendo's not going to want to get away from the amount of hardware sales it has out there with switch when yeah. you look at these software sales it's like yeah they want to stay tied to that and uh when phil spencer was on xcast last week um he was talking about how he he feels that losing the um xbox one era was like the worst era to to lose the generation yeah. because of the fact that that was the the shifting shifting the tide to turn to the digital libraries where you it are was, kind of starting from the ground up of um like getting these games that are under your account and all of that and playstation just got such a leg up that when people already had that of course they're going to want to keep it going forward mm -hmm. I feel like Nintendo, because of the failure of the Wii U, had this hard reset in so many ways where now the Switch is the beginning of that digital library and they have such a head start there that like now that they have that, like I don't think that they're going to no, get away they can't from lose that. It. They can't lose this momentum. I think you know Nintendo definitely still has a ways to go, but they've made such great ground over the last few years and seen enormous success. And so I'm just, I'm excited for the future of Nintendo. And I say that as someone who didn't really grow up with Nintendo, uh, only really, you know, I had a Game Boy uh, Color and whatever, but then, you know, kind of missed out on a lot of the Nintendo generations and then got my Switch and I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is that joy people have been talking about oh, yeah. all this time, huh? <laughs> but no. Yeah, well, I love Nintendo and I'm very excited for some new hardware because this thing is... uh. Oh. Not up to snuff. No, I have a launch. Oh switch, no! Oh and no! And that that baby's chugging along. Yeah, yeah. It just stays docked now. Story number two: Starfield gets an M rating for its violence, sex, drugs, and swearing. This comes from Michael McWhorter at Polygon. The Entertainment Software Ratings Board has passed judgment <laughs> on Starfield, and like Bethesda Game Studios, other games Fallout 4 and Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, the spacefaring role-playing game will be an M for mature rated game. Expect violence, foul language, sex, and drug use in Starfield when the game launches later this summer. When it comes to violence, players will use futuristic guns, lasers, axes, and explosives to kill enemies. Uh, combat is fast-paced with frequent gunfire, cries of pain, and explosions. Explosions. Attacks on some enemies can result in blood splatter, splatter effects. Several environments depict blood stains on the ground around corpses. There's something about this that's really funny to me. Yeah, like, it's so <laughs> just surgical. Yeah, it's just like, it's very just like you know, ten thousand foot look at this. It's very fun. Well, the violence sounds graphic. The sex in Starfield sounds pretty tame. <laughs> <laughs> The game's rating says players can expect some suggestive material in the dialogue uh -oh. and after sharing a bed with characters. Okay. <laughs> the best of those suggestive lines, quote, I'm all for getting a little wild, but next time, let's try it without the jetpacks. He's right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> Finally, the rating also reminds us that Starfield will let you get high on that primo stuff. Space, space fish juice. Starfield's drug of choice is called Aurora, and as noted by Bethesda back in 2021, players will get some when they visit a destination called Neon, a pleasure city <laughs> built on a massive fishing facility. That facility <laughs> processes a breed of psychotropic fish that creates the naturally occurring drug, and according to the ESRB, players can even work there at some point in the game. 
Okay. Get to be a little drug dealer, a little yeah. fish drug dealer. There is a, a lot to unpack from this. Yeah, you're going to take a little trip to, to Pleasure City? To Pleasure <laughs> City. <laughs> I'm going to go to Neon. Um, I'm all... Right, okay. And I say this is like the biggest Mass Effect 2 defender in the world. Some of those lines are cheesy. Oh, yeah. But... Part of the fun. Part of the fun. You know, Garrus for carrying it. Well, actually, Garrus is in ESO now. And I was like, oh, if you're going to make me play Elder Scrolls Online, <laughs> make my companion Garrus for carrying. Um, anyway, so that's downloading. But he never said anything as bad as I'm all for getting a little wild, but let's time let next time let's try it without the jetpacks. Someone wrote that line. Yeah, and you know it's maybe sucks. in context. It sucks. Maybe Out in of context, context. It's so it mean. It's so mean. Like I feel like Fucking ESRBs out here just like, yo, let's like make them look so yeah. lame right now. Some of the ESRBs just like, another game is it? Uh, all right. The uh, sex is tame, uh, but they got some lines here. Yeah, I, I don't think that that is a, a worry of like any indication of like the quality of the, the writing uh, of the game. I think it's just an unfortunate just pull funny. quote here that, that's funny, but um, an M rated. Rating for this? I'm not surprised at all, right? No, I'm glad there's an M rating because I, you know, uh, I when I when I play an RPG, I love just getting lost in it, and I think sometimes when uh, games hold back a little bit, uh, maybe for rating, maybe for you know artistic vision or whatever, I'm just like, ah, I kind of wish that was a little bit grittier. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's because I'm a weird person who loves really gritty, dark stuff. Um, yeah, I'm reading a really weird book at the moment that I was talking to Joey about, and she and she was like, everything all right? <laughs> <laughs> but, so I'm really glad it's m reading because I think that kind of lends itself to the experience a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Dan Golden Spider B writes in and says, am I the only person that would be fully happy and satisfied if Starfield is just another Bethesda RPG, but in space? Everyone seems to be pushing and thinking that this needs to be a genre slash decade defining game, but I just want a good time in a sci-fi open world RPG. Me too. I want... Bugs galore. I want wonky kind of AI and stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I Maybe it's because I'm not close-minded or just not creative enough. It's like, I don't see how you could define. Maybe they can. And like, but I'm kind of happy if they're not. I'm not I'm, but maybe I'm just not setting that expectation for myself. So when I play it, and it's like, oh my God, this is the best game since Skyrim. But I'm happy if it's not. Yeah. It's complicated because I feel like you're not the only person, Dan. Like, I feel like there's most people probably that the healthiest expectation for the game is that it's going to be like the other things from them just in space. I think if um, we've learned anything over the past few years of big games coming out that we're all incredibly excited for. Yeah. Manage those expectations. Remember Cyberpunk? Everyone was like, at launch at least, everyone was like, Cyberpunk is going to change everything. Like, the big RPG that's going to change everything. And then it was just like, oh, didn't launch in the state that we expected it to. But then redemption story it fixed itself but we've had that over and over again and mm -hmm. it's like i don't know yeah i just think that it, it there's there's layers to it in the sense that like at the end of the day there's a lot of people that are just expecting that they're probably going to get that and that's great but there is another side to it where because we are in the industry because we are on a show talking about video games and talking about the business of it all and like how the whole ecosystem works that's why there's all these extra pressures is because there is this conversation around uh different developers and what their what the expectations are contextually based on their previous projects and you look at a bethesda and right now we're kind of looking at them as like y'all need a win it's been a while yeah. and uh y'all are known for some of the biggest best games ever some of the most like uh, like industry defining games with things like skyrim um and some of the fallouts and then you had fallout 76 as the last 
major release title. So now it's kind of like all eyes are on you to be like, no, 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 prove you're back on course or whatever. And like, do they need to do that? Or can you just look at every game as its own thing? I think both are true. And I think that that's kind of like where it all is, where it doesn't necessarily need to fall into like console war stuff. It's even just like a war with their own library, like looking at what Xbox is trying to put out specifically after partnering with Bethesda, this being the first Xbox exclusive uh, Bethesda title. Like there's a oh, lot. Dreadful. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Bethesda Softworks title. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, th I, th that means so much, right? And I think because of Redfall coming out, where there was expectations from Arcane and then Halo and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's why everybody's kind of pushing that this needs to be bigger than it possibly even can be. Yeah. Um, it's a monster to itself. And is that right? Fair? I don't know, but it's reality. And it's also, they announced it so long ago that can't help but get swept up in those expectations. You know, every little crumb of information, every leaked screenshot, people have just been over and pouring over for years at this point and so there's obviously going to be an element of hype in it and that's due to placing right that's yeah. due to them telling us years ago hey this is alongside elder scrolls 6 yeah like this is the big one you know like this matters and like when they tell us hey in the same way you guys love that you're gonna love this that's where this like starts snowballing uh and then unfortunately there's things out of their control which is all the games releasing around them and i feel like that's all kind of just created this unfortunate perfect storm of, of expectations that yet another uh insurmountable task is put on the shoulders of uh xbox game studios yeah. developer to, to to meet expectations that like in all honesty i don't think are, are are feasible um but having said all that i don't expect this game to be bad by no, any means i, I think that the millions and millions of dan golden spider bees out there are going to have a great time with this game no matter what state it yeah. it launches in I expect at least. Um, remember, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to get this show ad free. But for everyone else, look how cool I look. Oh, Kevin, you're leaving me hanging way too long for that segue. <laughs> Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Do you want to look as cool as I look? Yes, you do. And you can. You can take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an unbeatable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that I've ever worn in my life. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked you can wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase exclusively for you listeners shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season you can go to shadyrays.com and use the code kind of funny you can get 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses you can try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people promo code kind of funny at shadyrays.com this episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Barrett tells me that that doesn't happen. Going in, I had the perfect segue. Kevin once again has to go running back in. Going out, he's like coming back in five, four, boom, we're back. <laughs> I don't. I've talked to him about it. He says that, that doesn't happen with him, but that clearly there was two seconds left on the indicator. I love it here, everybody. <laughs> Kevin's feeling giggly. What a great day. Story number three: Horizon Forbidden West has become one of PS5's best-selling games. Uh, This is great news. This comes from Liam Croft at Push Square. As part of a celebratory PlayStation blog post all about the 20th anniversary of Guerrilla Games, the first-party team has announced that Horizon Forbidden West has sold 8.4 million units as of April 16, 2023. This is purely counting all PS5, PS4 sales and does not factor in any downloads from PS Plus Extra. That's some good, good info to have. Yeah. In total, with the original uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and also Horizon Call of the Mountain included, the Horizon series has now sold 32.7 million copies, including PS Plus and the Play at Home Redemptions. The sales milestone makes Horizon Forbidden West one of PS5's best-selling games, competing in the upper echelons with the likes of God of War Ragnarok and Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. All told, it's a milestone we never imagined possible 20 years ago when we first started making games. This is coming from studio director Jan Bart Van Beek. Uh, The PS5 version has since been updated with a significant expansion in Burning Shores, so sales of the base game should receive a boost in the near future. B continues, this reception has been staggering and we're grateful to the community for the continued love and support of the franchise. We gorillas feel lucky to witness that, that support every day. We share community fan art and the cosplay. I want you all to know we're completely blown away by your enthusiasm. He then teases the third installment. Her latest mission takes her to the ruins of Los Angeles and Horizon Forbidden West burning shores. And we can't wait for you to find out where she'll go next. Which American city <laughs> she gonna go to next? <laughs> Crazy gal. What do you think about this? I'm not, not the biggest fan of Horizon. I am not either. Okay, good. I'm not either. I'm not either. But I am a fan of a new IP yeah, coming right. out and working and, and hitting like this. Yeah. Not just the sequel selling so well, but the franchise overall. Like yeah. another big hit that didn't exist, you know, a decade ago. Yeah. No, that's really cool. And I'm glad that, um, you know, because obviously we kind of PlayStation... Icons kind of go in phases. You know, there was the Crash years for a while, and then there's obviously Nathan Drake and oh, Sweet Boy Crash. Uh, and now it's kind, of, it's kind of nice that Aloy's up there too. Like, I, I love seeing kind of all the representation is, is different from, and uh, I just don't, I just never gel with the game though. That's the I thing. don't either. I wish I liked Horizon more than I did. And it's weird too, because like visually it is stunning. It is stunning. And it's the yeah. most me thing ever. Like, there, yeah. there's no aesthetic I like more than Neon Jungle. And it's just like, I feel like that, like, it's such a beautiful game. I was watching Greg play Burning Shores a little bit yesterday. And I'm just like, man, like, I didn't love Forbidden West. Am I going to get back into this, though? Uh, but going off of that, like, I don't want to be negative because this is a win. Yeah. This is such a such a big deal here for, for the fans of the game and for Gorilla uh, specifically to have such a turnaround from where they were to this, like, yeah. such a different genre shift. Again, proof that it can work. Like, we've seen yeah. 
uh like recently we were talking about redfall with arcane and like trying something different not quite hitting the mark but here it's like horizon a very different game than the previous game so um so that working i think is, is is great for them and I am interested in this line where he's talking about um, the PS5 version's been updated with a significant expansion uh, with Burning Shore. So sales of the base game should receive a boost in the near future. We don't often hear about the relationship between DLC and uh, base game sales. Mm. And so I, I'd be interested in like what that actually can result in. Like do I'm sure there is a bump, but I wonder what how significant that is around their strategies of thinking of DLC as kind of a, a way to get more money out of the people that already played versus trying to get new people in and using it as like a, a second marketing attempt at the the base game. Yeah, because it's a little more, you know, with, you know, with appealing to the people who already own the game, that's easier because you've, you've basically already done the hard work. They've played it, they know the story, but then bringing out an expansion or a piece of DLC, it's, it's a bigger ask. So I would wonder what that uh, conversion looks like. One thing I would say that they this doesn't count for is um does it account for bundles because ps5 was bundled with horizon right with forbidden west with, forbidden, with the yeah. new one yeah was yeah. it mm. was there a bundle i don't know but yeah it probably would count like they, wanted, they count yeah, bundle sales for it um which is also interesting because people just yeah buy the console yeah yeah yeah. And especially there was such a swell of ps5 yeah. be, being bought uh, around that time and it does count yeah yeah, that make that makes sense. Then, um, it's when it comes to where Horizon is right now. This DLC Burning Shores coming out. Like, even if, let's say you liked Burning Shores, like, or yeah. if you you liked Forbidden West, yeah. would you play? Would you play Burning Shores? Would you be excited to play Burning Shores, or would you be like, eh, if I have time, I'm going to? So the thing is, is that I love any I love any excuse to kind of get back to a world that I love. And so every time there's like a big meaty DLC for a game I love, I would absolutely get back in. Um, I also think, you know, compared to the Xbox 360 PS3 days, it felt like maybe I'm, I'm kind of going from, you know, Mass Effect and whatever, but it, or, and the Bioware DLCs where those, those felt important and they felt like real moments that you would look forward to. And I feel like we don't really get big DLCs like that. And so I think any time that a studio does do that and revisits a game and adds more to it, adds more context, adds more story, adds more gameplay, I love that. And so I think right now, though, the timing of this launch... It's tricky because inadvertently they've put themselves up against Zelda again. I know. <laughs> like, Once <come> again. On, <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Nintendo. <laughs> Remember what happened the last time? Zelda, then Elden Ring. It's yeah. just like, like poor, um, poor Aloy, man. <laughs> but so I hope that, and uh, you know, obviously it'll be one of those things that maybe it goes on PS Plus or maybe they'll kind of do a bundle or something again over the summer where things are a little bit quieter because I wouldn't want something like Burning Shores to be drowned out, you know, because it, it's going to be meaningful to so many people who really enjoyed that game. Yeah. I do think something should be said about the fact that despite Zelda, despite uh, Elden Ring, we're still talking oh, about these, these, numbers. these numbers, right? So it's like, I do think that uh, when we when we talk about different games, the comparisons, we go back to like the, the failure of Titanfall 2 because it was like crushed against its own competition. Like it was like such a sad thing. It's like there can be, with the right support and pushes, whether it's bundling for console sales or just a continuous investment in the, the IP itself, like you can come out the other side on that like victorious um and you know with apex on the titanfall side it's like i do wonder if if ea can like keep making a couple right decisions if we can get back mm -hmm. to it and get a, a titanfall 3 out of it but um open uh, dream yeah but no i think i think as well we the narrative is always that 
Horizon gets the short shrift because they were up against Zelda, they were up against Elden Ring, but the them announcing these numbers as part of the 20th century, it's like, no, it's like this franchise is doing great. We know there are multiple projects on the horizon. Hey. Hey. Um, and so it's, it's great to see. Great to see because they, they, you know, new IP is relatively few and far between. Especially that big, yeah. you know, like the, a swing that ridiculously yep. big. And then, but then you look at Ghosts of Tsushima as well, right? Like yeah. it's in a world where here we are in May 2023, and uh, this has been one of my favorite years in video game history so far. Oh, this and year it, is ridiculous. And it seems like it's only going to continue that way. Uh, but so many of those have been remakes or remasters to some extent with Metroid Prime, Dead Space, Resident Evil 4. Um, but that being intermixed with the, the hi fi rushes, um, I enjoy that. We can get these new IP, and then we can get the sequel. And I know God of War, not a new IP, right? Mm -hmm. But it is a, a uh, essentially rebooted IP. It gets a sequel. Then we get the license things with Spider-Man going to Insomniac, and then it gets it turns into a franchise. But Horizon being a from the ground up brand new thing that is now a pillar, and you got to imagine Ghost is similarly going to mm -hmm. um, see that type of success when it gets a sequel. It's it's a great time for PlayStation Studios. I'll tell you that. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah. Story number four, Street Fighter VI open beta announced just a few weeks before release. This comes from George Yang at IGN. Capcom announced that it will be hosting an open beta for Street Fighter VI from May 19th to May 21st. It will contain the same content as the closed beta from December 2022, and the released version will be updated with further character balances. Those who want to participate in the open beta will need to register a Capcom ID and link their desired platform as PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X and S are included. The available playable characters are Luke, Jamie, Ryu, Chun-Li, Guile, Kimberly, Jury, and Ken. The available stages include Metro City Downtown, Genbu Temple, Carrier Byron Taylor, Tianhong Duan, Macho Ring, and Training Room. Uh, get hyped. Uh, there are also a variety of different modes to play online with, such as ranked matches, casual matches, open tournaments, and more. Additionally, cross-play functionality will let players from separate platforms enjoy the game with each other. This is kind of wild. May 19th, yeah. 21st, people will be able to play that game, so just 10 days from now. But then the when game comes out. June 6th or 2nd? That sounds right. Early, first June, June 2nd. Oh. June 2nd. So, yeah, we are we are very close to this That's game. Awesome. Are you a Street Fighter, Lucy? Are you a fighting game person No, I'm, I am not, but I'm friends with Tam. So, genuinely, when we went to Summer Game Fest last year, uh, we had an appointment to go see it. And they looked at me and they went, oh, you're a video producer. Do you want to capture gameplay? <laughs> no, thank Tam. you. Tam, <laughs> Tam, please take my slot. Um, I think he ended up getting like a double slot and ended up, because he's obviously great at them. Everyone I've spoken to who enjoys fighting games is really, really digging Street Fighter Six, And I'm super glad to see it. Like, I think... I, I wish I had, first of all, the uh, cartilage mm, uh, and mm. the tendons to be able to play a fighting game, but sadly I don't. I just, I, yeah, it's gonna, it looks really cool. I, I mean, but it's meant to be a little bit more approachable. Newcomers. Yeah. So maybe. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe. Are you a street? Are you a I, I, I'm, I enjoy fighting games a lot. I would not say I'm a fighting game person. Yeah. I'm definitely not good at them. But I, I play them enough. I play through the stories and, um, like, casually enough that, like, I, I had, like, Chun-Li's my main, I would say, in Street Fighter. You know what I mean? Like, I, like that's that's the, the level that I'm at with it. But I have a ton of fun. I always play through, like, the Street Fighter specifically, I would say, is the one that I'm, mm. like, mo mo traditional fighting game that I'm most attuned to. But... 
Um, really excited for for six. I'm really excited mainly. Uh, we've been talking about this a lot that fighting games are kind of having this like major moment right yeah. now. This, that, I mean, this year. Yeah, it kicks it what off. A ridiculous year. Street Fighter Six being kind of the first major one, but then going down, we get Tekken. We're gonna get Mortal Kombat, and then uh, Project L. And uh, with Evo being as exciting as it is, like with esports in general, kind of exploding, almost like in tandem alongside the industry we talk about with video games over the last couple of years, and like we've kind of seen the esports kind of rise and like I don't want to say fall, but kind of explode at the top. And right yeah. now, it's kind of all just They're like, in a weird yeah. place right now. But it got so big, and like that's a whole side of the industry that we just don't even—I don't know how much you know—but like we just don't talk about. It. We just don't know. It's like it's might as well just be a completely different thing. But there's something about um, Evo and like the fighting game community that I feel, for some reason, it, it's in the Venn diagram of yeah. esports and traditional games coverage. And I think maybe it just goes back to. Back in the day, traditional games coverage did cover arcades, and it covered like Street Fighter is kind of endemic to. Yep. that experience where a lot of the MOBAs and the more PC side of things aren't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's kind of funny. A lot of people who worked um, in fighting games and in the fighting game community, you know, like we have a couple video producers who came up. They worked on Evo. I know Eric Williams uh, from the God of War team is oh, like yeah. massive in the fighting game community. And that's like kind of where he grew up and cut his teeth. And so I... It's so I'm I'm sad. It's like genuinely one of those things that I wish I could get into, but I'm way past it. And you know, there's too much lore and history and games that I've missed out on. Wrestling, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like if I had all the time in the world, I would get into, but I sadly I sadly don't. Yeah. For me, I think there's something uh, fighting games and racing games. I love playing them, but like there's a certain level of skill that I'm like, I just can't pass it. Oh yeah, that's like, my ceiling. I'm just like, I just th this mechanic doesn't make sense in my mind. It doesn't click. Okay, that's fine. But I still have fun with it. But I, I think that uh, there's something about fighting games that, in in the same way that like chess is just such a smart game and it oh, just yeah. works. Like there are there are rules to it that once you learn. It kind of like advances you and you're a, a different level of a human being. I think fighting games are the same thing. 100%. Where it's so tit for tat and when they're well balanced, there's like nothing quite like those mechanics and how they make you, the hand-eye coordination and all that stuff work. It's kind of like video game, it's gameplay at its core, right? And I think that that's why a lot of game designers love fighting games so much because like that, they can take that gameplay and like see what works there and then apply it to story or characters or whatever the genre and vision they have because i think that's how i would need to reprogram myself to play a fighting game because when i was playing tekken 4 growing up with my friend beth you know we would just button mash we want to get to the next cutscene. We, we weren't learning it properly we yeah. weren't remember we weren't memorizing combos we were just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks and i think i would massively need to just unlearn how every everything i thought i knew about fighting games play them properly at the level at which they are they deserve to be yeah yeah but i do think that with the run of the games coming out and especially how the release schedule seems paced right now if if, yeah. it, if things go to plan like i think that the fighting game community has the potential to thrive in a way that it never quite has in a mainstream way yeah. um and with playstation um investing and buying uh evo and running it there's a lot of question marks there. I'm sure there's a lot of bad that's going to come with that. Um, but I think potentially that that could turn it into what I'm saying of like the difference between 
traditional esports and then the more like hey this is something that uh and, and then the other thing like on top of fighting games being such a, a gameplay focused uh genre they're also s very simple for outsiders and audience to watch and understand what's going on mm. watching overwatch or watching um uh, hearthstone or watching uh dota or any of that stuff if you don't know the rules yeah you're going to be lost Watching a fighting game, there's two health bars that are going down. And, like, you might not know the matchups. No camera cuts. Exactly, exactly. It's just, like, you can see it. And, like, even if you don't play video games, one person saying, oh, whoever loses that color first wins, you're like, I can wrap my head around that. So I feel like that all just adds up to, like, a lot of easy wins that need to then be backed up with great games that then need to be backed up with great communities. And I feel like there's this perfect storm happening right now that that could happen. Trust. Yeah. Yep. There we go. Um, but finding out if video games are going to be taken over by the fighting game genre is so far away, Lucy. If I want to know what's coming to Mom and Grop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. Out today. We have Ease 9, Monstrum Knox on PlayStation 5. Mid-Autumn, 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 Mid-Autumn. It was a lot of letters next to each yeah. other. That I, and I was amazed you got that word. first one. I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> Just so y'all know, it's M-I-D-A-U-T-U-M-N all together, which if it said mid and then autumn, yeah. I would have got. But all, all together, that was a lot. Uh, Panorama on PC, Dokopan Kingdom Connect on Switch. Stellaris Galactic Paragons on PC and Peridot on iOS and Android. Peridot is the uh, Niantic game that oh, is their their new... their own game. The like it's the new Pokemon Go type thing, but like and it's essentially their Pokemon ripoff. So it was like the '90s all over again oh. of everyone trying to do their own thing. But they also kind of invented this whole did what do you, what do you, what do you call it? Social the metaverse. <laughs> I mean, yo, it is it is the metaverse in, in, in a, a way. iteration, but oh. um, yeah. Did you ever get into any of those types of games? I mean, you could not be around in 2016 without getting into Pokemon Go. So 2016, and that you know, I remember we worked right next to a Pokemon a Pokestop and a gym. So the GameSpot office was a hubbub. And I remember one time, was it a Dratini or something spawned yeah. in the office and yeah. we just lost it. And then I fell off because I wasn't doing, I don't walk a lot. Um, I wasn't doing all the walking stuff, so I didn't hatch anything. Nothing was very good in my collection. Like, I didn't have shiny. They didn't have shinies back then. Not back then, no. <clears throat> but no, I didn't have, like, I couldn't be bothered. And then they kept adding more and more Pokemon. And I was like, well, this is beyond the 151. But I do occasionally, because I'm obviously friends with Mr. Goldfarb. Of course. Who's still playing, Callie plays. Um, I download it every so often, occasionally, just to kind of have a look, but... I did, I think I got back in when they had the whole um, Gengar mm. thing from a while ago. Yeah, yeah, my boy Gengar. Uh, we got to get in here, yeah. Are you still playing? Um, so I, like everyone else, played in 2016. And uh, I, my Greg's old house, the original spare bedroom, mm -hmm. did not have Pokestops around it. Mm -hmm. It did not have any of those things. So it made it like just a little too inconvenient to really keep up with it. So I fell off hardcore really yeah. early on and um didn't even touch it and then uh, after i fell in love with scarlet and violet in november i've played every single day wow. i am like i i'm checking pokemon go multiple times a day now i have officially caught over half of them all of them wow uh in the game and i'm i'm, I'm going for them all i'm catching them all baby 
Tim, you remember the one place around the first studio that, that did have them? Yeah. That one bar that had that sign that said, no Pokemon yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was this alone, bar no that was like, what was it called? Yellow Nellies? No, 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 no. Oh, Dirty uh, Nellies. Wait, uh, around 9th? No, no, oh, no, 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 no. Older, older, uh, around 25th. It was called Dirty Nellies, yeah. and it was this like old Irish bar. Oh god! And um, they had the most like it was normal. Like when you, what color is an Irish bar? Uh, green. Yeah. Well, like green like that, accoutrement. That, exactly, exactly, yeah. right? This was not, or yeah. it was, and then they decided to paint over it, and they were like, "Well, we're in San Francisco, so we're going to do Warriors colors, which okay. were, you know, that like bright royal blue, yeah. and then like obnoxiously loud yellow." And uh, so it was all just royal blue, and then they painted all the trimmings yellow. It might be the ugliest building I have ever seen in my life. Is it so, still there? Oh, yeah, it's oh, still there. Fantastic. It's still, I'll try to see if I can get a picture. But uh, um, thank you. Oh, Kevin. my God. Thank you. Yeah. Like, it is, it is ugly. Uh, but they had a sign in front that says, no Pokemon here. <laughs> and it was a Pokemon. Pokemon and it was stop. a stop. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. <laughs> often spawned Pokemon. <laughs> God, God, Man, it was one of those places that has like a sign that says like, like new faces are always friends or something. You know. Oh somebody, yeah. And like you'd walk in and be like, that is not the vibe. Yeah. yeah. That is not the vibe. Definitely, man. definitely not. Um, me and Greg had lunch with Roger Craig Smith, the voice of Sonic the oh, Hedgehog, lovely. at Dirty Nelly's. One. There. <laughs> there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways. Pokemon Go forever. What a time. May it rain, I guess. I don't know. Actually, no, it's a really bad time right now. I came in at like apparently the worst time ever. Goldfarb was trying to tell me like everything, like since pandemic, like Pokemon Go is like the one thing that got better. Um, Oh, and then. Yeah, they changed it so you don't have to go play. Yeah, you don't actually need to go. It's just Pokemon. (laughs) It's like the go out of it. Uh, But then apparently they uh, like, they they took out the the remote raid passes or whatever, like not took out, but they like. Bumped up how much it costs. It's a, it's a whole it's a whole thing in the community. Don't follow the Reddit. Um, new dates for you. Super Bunny Man hops into 1.0 on May 16th. Nice. Gimmick special. Do you know what Super Bunny Man is? Me neither. Me neither. I just like the hops. There's a, a there. There's a, a YouTuber named Super. There's a Super Bunny Hop. Super Bunny Hop. Yeah. Yes. And I love him. Yeah, I love him. His Metal Gear Solid retrospectives oh, so good. are fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, gimmick special edition launches July 6th on PS4, Switch, and PC. <laughs> FIFA 23 joins EA Play and Xbox Game Pass on May 16th. Uh, deals of the day for you, Steam World Dig 2 is $6 on Xbox. And uh, let's do a little uh, reader mail for you here. New John Plus writes in and says, Hey, KF crew, what's a game you find yourself returning to just to play it, enjoy gaming, and relax? My most recent game like this was Breath of the Wild. I still return to it in between games when I'm resting, when I don't know what to play, or when I just want to feel the thrill of climbing a tall mountain and gliding off of it. Before Breath of the Wild, it was Skyrim. Before Skyrim, it was the original Pokemon. Uh, honestly, it's still the original Pokemon. Uh, with Tears of the Kingdom dropping this week, I'm already anticipating that it might replace Breath of the Wild for me in this way. Thanks for answering. Here's hoping Tears of the Kingdom convinces Greg that Kind of Funny actually does need a Nintendo show. Peggle. Oh! Oh, that is such a good answer. Peggle. Yeah. yeah. Although, it's not available on... This is my crust bet. It's not available on phones anymore. They're trying to make you play that god-awful Peggle Blast. Now, now, Lucy, what if I told you that my answer is Peggle Blast? I love yeah. Peggle Blast, and it is, it is the most offensive thing in the world yeah. with the monetization yeah. and all that stuff, but it is the superior Peggle because it's vertical. So you're but, playing, whereas the rest of the Peggle, Peggle 1, Peggle 2, all that stuff, you don't get as much fun time you know, for the ball to drop. 
You know, vertical designs for Pagel is how the game should be played. And they just ruined it. But Pagel Blast is the best game of all time held back by bullshit monetization. Okay, well. I've beaten Pagel uh, Blast to 100% like five times. I didn't even know that was possible because I would is. get caught by the monetization. There's, there's ways to cheese it. And then it, the, my game's just broken at this point. I don't know what happened, but I've played it so much and I've broken it so much wow. that it just lets me play unlimited. Oh, so, my God. So, yeah, there's, there's ways around this. See, I love Peggle one and two, but I am I'm missing it being on my phone. There, have you have you tried Round Guard? Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. It's scratches, too much stuff. Scratches though. the itch. Scratches the niche, but, but not... it maybe a bit too hard. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm just like I just I just want some fun here. I want a single yeah. screen by screen challenge. Yeah, maybe get some three stars. You know? Maybe maybe I'll go back and try it again. Yeah, maybe. But I, but well, I Peggle is the best relaxing game because it is. Drop in, drop out. Satisfaction of hitting the pins and, and then the, oh, music the music plays. You're like, oh my god, it feels so good. Bless you. Um, my my other two games would be Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, remake yeah. one and two, and uh, Spider Man or Miles oh, Morales. Any of those. Swinging feels so just good. swinging feels so good. Yeah. I'm trying to think what mine be. Oh, Dishonored, mm. one and two. Just yeah. hell yeah. Just the way that it feels. I don't know. It's just something. Oh yeah, it feels oh, good. It, just feels it feels good. It's a big big bear Courtney game right there. Um, and then the, the other ones for me, all the old school things like Pokemon's an easy answer, but I, if I have time and I'm just chilling, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to load up Super Mario Brothers one and just beat it. Like just, yeah. just, just real quick, 10 minutes in and out. And, um, uh, Star Fox 64 is a oh. game that I'm like, do I have an hour? Fuck it. I'm doing it. I have an hour. We're I'll make an hour system. Um, what do we got going on? We have, who we have over there? Is that Andy? That is Andy. Andy's going to be joining us. I'm really excited for that. For wow, beautiful... Andy decided to actually be here while I'm here for a change. Yes, yes. We're going to answer all your super chats right after this. Uh, real quick, let me tell you, this week's hosts are tomorrow, Blessing and Greg, Thursday, Blessing and me, and Friday, me and Blessing. It's going to be a great week if you're a fan of Blessing. Um, after this, we're about to do the little super chat thing with you. Please super chat away, asking any questions you have about the stories we talked about today, video games in general, or anything you have for the amazing Lucy James. Um, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames where we run you through the video game news that you need to know. Until next time, Game Daily.